0: and welcome back to our show. We're the Reformed Dissenters and uh, we're the show um, where Reformed Christians dissent against popular ideas of culture uh, by asserting a biblical worldview. My name, of course, is Bruce Johnson joined yet again, of course, by my brother, Jacob Johnson.
1: Hello, everybody.
0: And today is Literature Wednesday, which means we are breaking down chapters in a book because that's implied by the the title of what we call this episode Uh, it's a weekly episode where we hope to break down the original plan was to break down a chunk of literature every month on the show uh sometimes though books are big did you know that jake like books are they're big and so (laughs) Mm -hmm. there there have been well to be honest this book
1: isn't as big as the last one but
0: no It really is not. It's not even anywhere close. And it is riveting, I'll tell you. We're starting a brand new book called Paradise Restored by David Chilton. Paradise Restored by David Chilton. Uh, Phenomenal book. Um, I have used this book as a reference. Not read through it cover to cover, but I've used it as a reference for a long, long time. And by a long, long time, I mean about a year and a half to two years.
1: (laughs) Uh, um so not that long so now we know Bruce's but uh, metric of time
0: that's my metric yes uh a month is like a year to me basically it's just like forever what that was just a month ago how so much happened <laughs> um so yeah i mean i have more copies of this thing than i can count i've handed out more copies of this book than i can count and i figured hey it's probably time i read it cover to cover even though i basically know everything that's in it <laughs> Um, because I've discussed this with so many people. But this is one of my absolute favorite books, Paradise Restored by David Chilton. And uh, we read the introduction this week and broke it down. And oh, boy, the tricky thing with this was uh, stopping yourself from highlighting too many things. I mean, it's just like you can kind of see my highlights here. Just highlights. Literally every page has a highlight of some kind. And I'm just like, I need to funnel this down a little bit so anyways it's a good book it's a lot here jake has a lot of comments i like a lot of comments so uh yeah it's gonna be exciting before we get into this though we have to do what we always do which is talk about our verse of the week and wednesday is uh we trade duties so i don't do it wednesdays another guy does it i don't know jake you want to you want to do it on
1: i guess i can uh I, I mean i i have a bible in front of me and so i guess we'll We'll read this verse Uh, you picked out, uh, Colossians 2, verse 14 through 15. Uh, And and that apparently says, By canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands, this he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. And again, that was Colossians 2, 2, uh, chapter 2, verse 14 through 15. And I wanted to take this, not that I'm prepared at all, but um, I wanted to take this back to Colossians two, verse six, um, going along with what Bruce was talking about on Monday. Uh, again, putting action to the gospel, putting feet to the gospel. Um, verse six says, "As you therefore have received Jesus, uh, have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him." and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. And again, that is verse 6 and 7. So, with this, we see that there is faith, um, as you therefore have received Christ, and then, along with that faith, so we would consider that faith to be the limited gospel, to be the, the gospel, uh, as most people would say, uh, that Christ Saved us, died on the cross for the punishment of our sins. We now can have faith. And so, now, with that faith, we can then walk in him and follow his law and go out and take dominion, as we were called in the Great Commission. So, we now have a gospel that has legs. We now have a walking gospel, a gospel that we can walk in a law that we can follow and that we can establish in this world and let people know that Christ is Lord. And I will end it there and hopefully that fits in with our book reading today. That's I didn't realize that it would fit in that well, but it really does. So <laughs> nice. I'll just I'll just let it move on
0: to it's uh, pretty good for not being prepared. You know this is an off the cuff <laughs> yeah, uh, I know
1: response. <laughs> I just pulled that out of the hat. Yeah, yeah,
0: just randomly. Just exegeted, just yeah, just like that. Nice, that was great. Thank you, Jacob. Um, so this chapter, chapter one, it's not the introduction. I misspoke, but it's basically the introduction. Um, it's called the hope, uh, and he has he breaks this book down into parts. So five parts. We're gonna try our best to get through all five parts by the end of the month. We have our our calendar is available on all our social medias. So getter gab um and you know you can find it on x facebook instagram if you're going to follow us on places that hate free speech you can go there too uh but please follow us on getter and gab and then if you follow us on the other places that's just bonus so thank you for doing that as well it's all appreciated but gab and getter are the most appreciated (laughs) we do show favorites on this show um but uh the this title i think sums up kind of the whole book In kind of the premise of what we believe about the future. He titled this chapter, The Hope, right? And that's the theme of this whole book is hope. Um, And okay, you say, okay, yeah, hope, yep, that makes sense. Got it. Yeah, sure. Bible talks about we should be hopeful in Christ. Yeah, we're hopeful for the eternal future where we get to spend eternity in heaven after we die. And uh, it's going to be great. Um, That's my hope. My hope is is there, right? But no, our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ, right? And what did Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ say to do? He said, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And he said, go make every nation a disciple for me through him. That's our hope. And so... (laughs) that's what this book is premised around. I'll read a quote from page three where Chilton breaks down the other side, right? The most common, unfortunately, most common perspective of the future in America today. It didn't used to be this way. In fact, that's a fairly recent occurrence. Um, but the most common hope quote unquote, of the future, unfortunately, tends to look a lot like this. Quote, any new outbreak of war, any rise in crime statistics, any new evidence of the breakdown of the family was often oddly viewed as progress, a step forward toward the expected goal of the total collapse of civilization, Mm. a sign Mm -hmm. that Jesus might come to rescue us at any moment. End quote. And that's just sad. Like, really, like you're... Your hope, like, you're looking around, you're like, wow, this is great. Look, it means Christ is coming back soon. When in all actuality, it means n- no, no, you, you dropped the ball. <laughs> this is your fault. This is not something to revel in and get excited about. Like, n- uh. no, you, you completely twisted the whole future. Another quote from page three, quote, uh, as one famous preacher put it, you don't polish brass on a sinking ship that slogan was based on two assumptions first that the world is nothing more than a sinking ship second that any organized program of christian reconstruction would be nothing more than polishing brass Evangel- uh, evangelicalism? evangelism evangelism <laughs> evangelism there it is it's usually evangelicalism so i don't know um but it's an invitation to join the losing side end quote evangelism and evangelism thank you jake i don't know it's it's a little late at night when we're recording this and it's been a long day <laughs> thank you that's why there's two of us appreciate it
1: um to,
0: but it's to add on to people. that
1: yeah go oh, i'm sorry um i have the actual the first part of that uh which begins a little bit before he brings that up um and it kind of also explains this whole view that that the pessimistic view Uh, But again, on page three, right before that, uh, uh, it says social action projects were looked on with skepticism. It was often assumed that anyone who actually tried to improve the world must not really believe the Bible because the Bible taught us that such efforts were bound to to be futile. So and then he continues in talking about that slogan. But yeah,
0: right. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's. Yeah, and and the whole premise there is that we can't win. And really, we say we, we should say Christ can't win, right? The whole premise Mm -hmm. is Christ can't win. And so what does he have to do? He has to destroy it all. It's the big reset button. And as we've talked about multiple times in the show, no, no, the cross was the great reset button. The cross was when Satan was bound. The cross was when Christ won. Right, and now, as Doug Wilson likes to say, we're in the mopping up exercises. Right. Yeah.
1: I I think um, added on to that is the very title of this book. I think talking about what what yeah. is that? What what does this title mean? This very very interesting that he phrased it this way. And I don't, which we I'm are going to sure. get
0: into more as we go along.
1: Okay. It, he talks yep. about it in a different chapter. Oh yeah. Yep. Okay. So if, ahead. if I may like, briefly. Briefly mm-hmm. speak about it because I don't know what he's going to explain, but uh, and I don't know if he. I I guess it's intentional, but um, Paradise Lost. Uh, yep. This book is called Paradise Restored. Paradise Lost was a book written by Milton. Um, well, it was a um book, poem within that genre, um, but it was written by Milton about um, Eden about Adam and Eve about the garden of Eden and how the, the devil was at, you know, was fighting in heaven and, uh, God kicked him out and, and sent him to hell. And so the devil was like, okay, he's creating this new, this new thing. Let me, let me mess with that. Let me mess all that up. Cause I'm mad. And, and he does. So in a sense the, to give a general perspective, that paradise of eden was lost that paradise was lost and now because of what christ did in binding the strong man we now have a mm-hmm. restored paradise our paradise mm-hmm. is now restored yeah so we can amen. now bring this back to the garden of eden in a sense where we
0: yeah which where is the, the last theme of of the bible right like that's
1: mm-hmm. yeah. that's
0: what the whole bible, if you were to summarize the bible That's how you would summarize it, right? Like
1: Exactly. Yes.
0: The earth was created good. God created us. He created this earth. He created everything here. And it went dramatically sour. But then Christ came, and now it's being restored to what it once was. Now, right now, it's being restored. Right now, in the new heavens and the new earth, it's being restored to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I'm going to, I'm going to skip a few quotes here because I have just too many. <laughs> and again, we always say this, but especially for this book, get your own copy. <laughs> you can go to uh, AmericanVision.org um and get your own copy of this book. Um, it's tremendous. So we don't want to fill you know say everything there could be said about this chapter we don't want to just throw every single quote we possibly can at you because we want to leave you in suspense and if it feels that way it's on purpose <laughs> right? we want you to get your own copy go ahead Jake
1: if I may before we move on can I mm-hmm. bring up another quote kind of similar yeah. to this um, again on page three I, it's a lot of hoping on page three but believe me this every is page. this is the last one that I have on page three so um Uh, Chilton says on page three, the unbiblical idea of spirituality is that the truly spiritual man is the person who is sort of non-physical, who doesn't get involved in earthly things, who doesn't work very much or think very hard, and who spends most of his time meditating about how he'd rather be in heaven, which, an end quote, Which I think is uh, so good and what a great example of like the wrong spirituality. We we think of a, oh, he's very spiritual, a very spiritual person is someone who is, I don't know, it's exactly what he's thinking, not involved in earthly things, non-physical, sort of non-physical.
0: Yeah, on page Um, four, he kind of continues that theme, mm -hmm. which is tremendous. And he says, to be spiritual is to be guided and motivated by the Holy Spirit. It means obeying his commands as recorded in the scriptures. The spiritual man is not someone who floats in midair and hears eerie voices. (laughs) The spiritual man is the man who does what the Bible says. Romans 8,
1: 4 through 8. I have that exact, that exact quote. Nice. But Yeah, that's yeah, perfect. That's good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, all right. So let's see, we've got 13 pages. Um, he spends a lot of time talking about how this is not a new idea. In fact, this is mm-hmm. one of the oldest ideas. Um, this idea of hope for the future, right? This is not some, uh, pipe dream. This is not just some, I think he calls it, uh, a blind, everything will work out somehow kind of optimism. It's not that. It's, it, it has a rich heritage, um, This uh, what he calls an eschatology of dominion. It's been called that by many people throughout church history, right? This is not some newfangled idea. In fact, the most newfangled idea is this dispensational premillennialism, right? Dispensationalism, this wacko idea that we can somehow disconnect the Old Testament from the New Testament, gave us this ridiculous idea of dispensational premillennialism. Now there's two thoughts, right? There's historic premillennialism and dispensational premillennialism. The dispensational premillennialism is insane. The historic premillennialism is at least somewhat founded in scripture, even though we disagree with it. Right? Mm -hmm. So the, the idea that the future is a hopeful one and that Christ will succeed here on earth, like he said he would is not a new idea. Yeah. So he spends a lot of time talking about that. Um, so I'm going to bring to Athanasius
1: yep. to bring up one of the people. Athanasius was claiming a, a, um, you know, an eschatology of victory was claiming this sort yeah. of this victory, this hope that we could have. Yeah. And he said Athanasius that even in his day,
0: a, even in his day, sin was yeah. decreasing and the world was actually getting better. And Christ was taking over the world, even though mm-hmm. he lived in one of the most, Persecute like one of the times when Christians were persecuted the most, he Diocletian. still said that yeah. under that. Right? Yeah, yeah, so, um, he also brought up Christopher Columbus, page six. He talked a lot about Christopher Columbus. He said that Columbus came to the no, new world for a trade route, but the underlying purpose of that, of finding that trade route, was so that he could, he, he believed there was unfulfilled prophecy that the earth would become, would be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, right? And he believed that coming to the new world to bring that knowledge to the new world was part of Isaiah uh, in Isaiah 65, right? Talking about the new heavens, the new earth that we're living in now, right? Not the full fulfillment, right? We're still waiting for that full fulfillment, um, but we're getting there. We're working towards that. Christ is working towards that. Um, And so Christopher Columbus came to the new world Because he believed that because that's what he was working to towards in his life. Um, And he believed uh, he apparently crammed his journals with quotations from Isaiah and other biblical writers. And he said um, that the Great Commission to disciple all nations of the world would be successful. Right. Mm -hmm. That's why he came to the new world. So it's it's fascinating. And there's so much more information here. Um, Moving right on. I'm going to move to page eight. Um, and this, this is, is, this is like my thing right here. (laughs) He spent three whole pages talking about how important the Psalms are. Um, and I, I couldn't agree more. He said on page eight, quote, there is a very important connection between the church's worldview and the church's hymns. If your heart and mouth are filled with songs of victory, you will tend to have an eschatology of dominion. If instead your songs are fearful, expressing a longing for escape, Or if they're weak, childish ditties, your worldview and expectations will be escapist and childish. And Mm. you certainly have that today, right? Like if I were to describe most churches today. Unfortunately, it doesn't even matter what your denomination is. RCUS, OPC, PCA, you could even be in the SBC, all these different things. It doesn't really matter. Escapist and childish Unfortunately, pretty much covers it these days. And if the pillar and ground of truth is escapist and childish, (laughs) how do you think the rest of people are doing? (laughs) Yikers. Um, And then he finally said, uh, it's noteworthy that the church's abandonment of dominion eschatology coincided with the church's abandonment of the Psalms. So when we stopped singing the Psalms, we got weak. We get squishy. And we started to think, oh, we're just passing through uh, uh, just pilgrims in a foreign land that we just got to get through. And I can't wait till we die and go to heaven. Like Mm -hmm. That's horrible. Like, oh, save a few souls, you know, but we can't really expect this world to be Christianized because, you know, Christ has to come back again and do something even greater than the cross for that to happen. Like we diminished. What's that? Temple has to be destroyed again. <laughs> right? yeah. First, the temple has to be built. Then it has to be destroyed again, because the prophecies say that the temple's destroyed <clears throat> when this is fulfilled. Huh. Huh. A little mm. weird. We're going to get into that a lot in the coming chapters. <laughs> so stay tuned. Um, then he just quotes a ton of Psalms. So if you have the book, hopefully you do. Uh, if you don't, Go to AmericanVision.org, buy your copy of Paradise Restored by David Chilton. Highly, highly recommend it. Pages 8, 9, and 10 full of powerful psalms. I mean, if you're looking for like some of the most, like all the psalms are wonderful. But if you're looking for the most potent, like pow, in your face collection of psalms that there is, <laughs> it's here. Um, and he just did a great job putting that together. Um, and a lot of these you'll actually recognize from our verses of the week we've been doing over the last two years <laughs> so I didn't pull exactly from these pages when I put together my list of psalms but I won't say I wasn't influenced by it <laughs> so uh anyways they're they're really good uh Jake did you have a quote for i don't want to hog all the uh all the
1: time no i I do want to end with a quote I think it's uh going to be a good ending quote, but other than that, really, it's just okay conversation. Until then, cool. Um, I'll pull in a quote from
0: page eleven. Uh, David Chilton said, "Quote: The fact is that you will not work for the transformation of society if you don't believe society can be transformed. You will not try to build a Christian civilization if you do, if you do not believe that a Christian civilization is possible. Mm. So, mm-hmm. yeah." that perfectly sums up where we're at right like how many people today give as their reason for quote unquote not making waves or playing the game or uh well we can't really implement god's law and civil government because well right how many of those people who compromise that's what that is that's compromise how many of those people who compromise give this as their excuse? Well, we can't do these things because we can't really have a Christianized culture. Right? Like they don't mm-hmm. believe it. They might give so many excuses, and they do. Trust me. I've been in more conversations well, than I would have liked to, where they give so many excuses. But at the, at the end of the day, that's the root, right? Go, go ahead, Jake.
1: Yeah, and, and even what he was saying earlier in the chapter, like, they... What is their worldview come to? Like, if if really, if you take their worldview that everything is going to die, right? you would have <laughs> to say that the Great Commission shouldn't have effect. Because yeah. if everything's going to all die, what's the point of the Great Commission? What's the point of going out? What's the point of doing anything? And yeah. because... Really, if we're so heavenly minded, we want to get to heaven so bad. Why not? Why not intentionally try and make the world worse so that yep. you get to heaven quicker? Yeah. You know, yeah. Or just, you yeah. know, not do anything, hoping that the world gets worse and worse.
0: Right. Yeah. If, if your whole premise of Christ coming back is that it has to get really, really, really bad before he comes back, then sure. Why the heck? Would you want it to get good? Why would you take courage when it gets good? Right? You would be like, oh, no. That means Christ isn't coming back for a long time. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, And I should say, on the onset, we're all looking forward to Christ's returning as a king. We just, we place that at different times. Right? So, lest you think, going into this series of episodes talking about this book that we are like, Oh, I hope Christ doesn't come back soon. It's no come quickly, Lord. Right. Because we believe Mm -hmm. by the time Christ comes back, this world will be Christianized, right? That what it says in Habakkuk will be true, that the earth will be as full of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. We believe that will, that prophecy will be true. Right. And so of course, come quickly, Lord, if he comes back within a year, then that means the world will have been Christianized in a year. That's (laughs) right. That's a, that's a miracle. Um, So of course, yeah. Um, All right. So page 11 quote, we do not believe in some kind of natural progress in civilization. Our civilization will rise or fall in terms of God's blessing and God's blessing in his personal and covenantal, not automatic, response to our covenantal obedience deuteronomy 28 so th- there's a lot there we can unpack that really quickly jake um but the, the essence and then i'll let you if you want to dive into it a little bit more uh, but the, the essence here is that we can't just sit back and do nothing this uh, blessing is not automatic it wasn't for israel it's not been that way for any nation right it wasn't that way for america we were blessed because we made covenant with god and we kept it as well as we could for a time, right? We covenanted with God. And what is a covenant? It's a solemn oath with blessings for obedience and cursings for disobedience. That's a covenant. Mm -hmm. And so God made a covenant with the nation of Israel. And when they obeyed him, I don't know, Jake, if you've been going through the, uh, to the, to the word, uh, Bible reading challenge, um, or any in the audience have, um, but it's it's tremendous. this week uh, we were it was going through the book of Deuteronomy and read that whole passage about how covenants work. God literally lays out. Here's how covenants work. It's like covenants 101 <laughs> in the, in De- mm-hmm. Deuteronomy like 17, 18, 19, right and lays out if you do this, if you follow my law, if you keep covenant with me, here's how I will bless you like three full chapters worth of blessings. If you break it, buckle up. <laughs> right? yeah. Three to four full chapters full of cursings, right? It's kind of obvious. And so that's what he's saying here. We don't believe in some kind of natural progress in civilization. Our civilization will rise or fall in terms of God's blessing. Okay? That's obvious. But God's blessing is his personal and covenantal, not automatic, response to our covenantal obedience.
1: Right? hmm
0: did you have anything, Jake? You wanted to bring up on that on that
1: topic to to the point of um, this is not just Israel. Um, those covenant that covenant of blessing and cursing is not just with Israel. That's with us. We see that in America. Yeah. We saw yep. at the very early onset of America, it being a Christian nation, starting out as a Christian nation, following God's law, following God's word, and it had multiple blessings. Mm-hmm. I I mean. We had so much prosperity in America. It was this shining city on a hill. It, people came to yeah. a flock to America because it was amazing. It was the world's yep. superpower, one of the world's superpowers. Yep. And we look at it now, fallen away yeah. from God's word. And what is it? Our army is failing. Our, and, and more than that, our economy is failing. Things yep. inside of our nation are failing. Why? Because yep. we're cursed. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Um, Alright, well, we've got one minute left. What you got? What's your wrap-up quote?
1: So, my wrap-up quote is kind of basic... It, it goes over and basically rehashes everything that we just were talking about. Um, but it does it in a short sentence. Um, on page 10, uh, Chilton says, The Esca Eschatological issue centers on one fundamental point: Will the gospel su- succeed in its mission, or not? And mm-hmm. I think that's perfect. Will it su- succeed or not? Do you think it will succeed? Then you believe in, uh, in an optimistic view, in a hopeful view of the future. If you don't, yep. Amen. That's a pessimistic, <clears throat> pessimistic view, and ultimately unbiblical.
0: Yeah, Amen. Brilliant. All right. We hope you enjoyed this uh, chapter as much as we did. And we are just getting started. This was phenomenal. I am super excited to get into the next couple chapters. Those are on our calendar, by the way. So go to any of our social media pages and you'll find that calendar. If you're having issues finding it, send us an email, trdshow at protonmail.com, or you can go to our website, trdshow.net, scroll to the bottom of the homepage. We got a nice form for you to fill out there. You can send us a message uh, if you have any questions or just you know want to share anything with us. We're always, we're all ears, always excited to hear from our audience. So thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing you on Friday, not Friday. <laughs> I, almost, I almost did that. Uh, we'll see you on Monday. Monday. so that's when we'll see you where we break down current events once again from a biblical perspective
1: so see you then and remember everyone all that you do do it as unto the lord